Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 67. We're live from Dallas, the site of the NHL uh, 2018 NHL entry draft. Our guest really needs no introduction. Uh, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Salky Award winner, and now the... Uh, Assistant to General Manager Ken Holland for the Detroit Red Wings, Chris Draper. Much like last year, Chris joined us in Chicago, and he is joining us uh, the morning of the draft here in Dallas. Chris, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it. And uh, as always, appreciate that very nice introduction. Well, Thank you know, you. I mean, you, you, you've earned it. You, <laughs> you really have. Uh, I guess I, I talked to you about this last year. Let's just begin. There's a lot of young athletes walking around Dallas today that you think, oh, this is a kid might be drafted or is a hockey player. What do you th- what's going through these kids' minds right now? Uh, you know, t- take me back, and I know your path was a little different to the NHL, but uh, exciting time, apprehensive time, and I would imagine for the clubs, and the Red Wings included, it's, you're probably going through some of the same emotions that these kids are going through. Yeah, I mean, we were at dinner last night, and that's the one thing that we just talked about. We're, like, we're ready to go. I mean, you've kind of, we've scheduled meetings to have meetings upon meetings, and, and, you know, you keep talking about the same players. We have our list in order. We like, we really like where our list is at. Um, you know, for, for the athletes, for the hockey players, I'm sure the anticipation is, uh, they're excited to get there tonight, to you know, into Dallas on to, you know, get in their seats with their family, uh, with their advisors. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a very exciting time, you know, not only, not only for, for the hockey players, but also for, you know, mom, dad, grandparents, brothers and sisters, you name it. It's, uh, it's amazing because, Everybody puts the sacrifice in for for this. You know how many hours you know moms drive their sons to the rink to to get them there when dad's traveling, and dad you know works around his travel schedule to make sure that he's there to watch his son play. So you know it's um, it's a credit to all the families. Um, you know I know that you know meant a lot you know to me as a kid growing up, and and now it's. The emotion—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's great to see, you know, when when the name's called and you're sitting there with your with your mom and dad, and it's a big hug for for them. With, and then you know the the journey starts. So that's really that's really the way it goes. I think these players, and and we've talked about this before, just how advanced they are in everything. You know, they're just they're real they're real good young gentlemen is is what they are. Excellent athletes, excellent hockey players. Potentials there. Uh, real good kids. I mean, we interviewed, I think, 85 of them, and, wow. and a lot of the interviews were um, top-notch. You know, the way the kids handle themselves, uh, you know, they have a plan, they have an idea, they know where they're at, they know what they need to work on, all those kind of things. So very, very, very interesting talking to a lot of these uh, young hockey players. Um, and tonight, you know, uh, you know, tonight is obviously there's only going to be 31 names called. And, you know, for, for that, with the first round, you have some kids that – you know, we're probably, you know, very hopeful to go, you know, in the first round, but, um, you know, also understand that it might not be, and they're going to, you know, they're going to sleep and they're going to have a tough night sleeping and then you got to get up and, and obviously rounds two through seven tomorrow. But, um, for the players that are going to go tonight, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing accomplishment for all 31 of them. Uh, but you know, as, as I'm sitting here and some of my teammates that I grew up playing with, uh, it doesn't matter if you're first overall or if you're, you know, a seventh round pick, you know, the opportunity is there and, and some guys are going to make it, you know, and some guys aren't going to make it. It doesn't matter what happens here over the next couple of days. 
it's it's from this point on what you do how much time do you put in how much commitment how much do you love the game how much will you sacrifice everything to become a hockey player all those things come into play what these kids have done is uh, they basically distance themselves from from their peer peer group right and basically put themselves in you know that that, that the top rounds of of in the world for you know two late 99 births and, and <laughs> 2000 birth year kids and and these are the ones that are going to get drafted tonight and into tomorrow and then from there we'll they'll decide where it goes well it, it's interesting because you you said that you know regardless of your first rounder to a seventh rounder some kids are going to make it it's really up to you well they really don't have to look much further than at you and the perseverance that you had to make it in the NHL and to become a player I mean do you sometimes try to impart that wisdom on them like hey look I know you're disappointed you went in such and such round you're the this overall pick but hey it can happen yeah absolutely and and more so you know I I relate to the the the, the, the so-called, you know, undersized right. players that come through the door for our interviews, uh, you know, the, the sub-six-footers, and, and I can relate, uh, you know, to what they're doing. We interviewed a, a kid yesterday. He's five foot nine, you know, and I basically asked him, you know, do you think, you know, is, is, does your size, you know, is it going to hold you back? And he just said, he goes, no, it, it's not going to hold me back. It motivates me, and, and that's, you know, it, it did for me as well. Uh, but the game now has obviously changed. You know, the, right. if if you can skate and if you're five nine, five seven, doesn't matter. If you can skate, make plays, have hockey sense, you give yourself a chance to play. So, uh, but these, uh, you know, for us, I mean, I I, I really like where we're at. Um, player development. We have Sean Horkoff and Dan Cleary. Right. You know, Dan Cleary was a highly, highly touted, you know, amateur hockey kid coming in. You know, things didn't quite work out the way he 13th thought. overall to yeah, Chicago? Yeah, but he was supposed to even be higher than that. Really? Like, he was a late birth, and, you know, he was supposed to be, like, at 15 years old. Or 13th guy, pick, I meant. He was, he was a child prodigy right. at, at 15 years old. Like, wow, I mean, Cleary? Kid, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, right out of Newfoundland, this right. guy was, you know, he was, it was unreal how good he was at 15 years old. Sean Horkoff, you know, he goes to college hockey. You know, he plays four years at Michigan State. He turns pro. He ends up being a captain of the Edmonton Oilers. He played first line through fourth line in every situation possible. So when we draft a kid, I think the experiences that, that we have and the, and the experiences that we can share for, for, for our young prospects, I think, uh, is, is invaluable. And I think, uh, you know, in the end, uh, you know, we got a good thing going with those guys. And, and in the end, like I said, it's, you know, how bad do you want it? How much do you love the game of hockey? How much are you going to sacrifice to do it? And you look at, you know, I went on to, you know, play over a thousand games. You look at Dan Cleary when he came to Detroit, he ended up prolonging his hockey career to play 900 games and win a Stanley Cup with us in 08. Right. You know, Sean Horkoff over a thousand games, you know, even, you know, Maltz. You know, with what with what he did, he was a 50 goal scorer in major junior. You know, obviously carved out a great career for himself too. Not as a scorer, but you know, he found a way to to, to play. I'd like to think I carried him around for 15 years, and I let him know that all the time. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's 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 and and it's all we all have different stories. We all have different backgrounds, but in the end, you know, we ended up you know having a very successful NHL career. So it can happen whether you go first overall, Jonathan Erickson, the last pick in the draft. Right, right. You know, Mr. Irrelevant in the NHL you know, terms. Exactly, right? you know, and obviously uh, you know turned out to have a real good career and you know was huge for us when we won the cup in 08 and and you know lost in the finals uh, game 7 uh, you know in the Stanley Cup finals as well. Big E did a lot of good things for us. So, you know, they're there, the stories are there and and in the end, you know, these young hockey players have 
have an opportunity to do something special. You know, every time I talk to you, I always get sidetracked and I kind of go down memory lane. But I will say this. I used to tell Scotty, Louie, and Barry that maybe the All-Star game should have special units. Like they should have like a power play unit, an All-Star team, and then a penalty killing All-Star team. And I said that you and... Maltz would be the number one penalty killing unit <laughs> yeah. in the NHL. I mean, yeah. that it was extraordinary yeah. what you guys were able to do on that penalty kill. In an all-star game, nobody wants to see Maltz and I go up and down. <laughs> well, they don't call penalties. penalties. That's the problem. That's <laughs> so what Scotty told play. That's, what's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly yeah. what Scotty So I'm actually glad your idea didn't go because it'd be tough to go for an all-star break and not play. So. That's exactly what he told me. So I like, he actually said, I like the idea, but they don't call penalties in that yeah. game. But, yeah. but you guys were absolutely tremendous. I yeah, mean, we, uh, I mean, it was, you know, Maltz and I created, obviously, uh, and, you know, with, with Mac on, you know, on right. the grind line. We, it was just amazing how it just clicked, you know. We just ended up playing together. We ended up becoming best friends, still our best friends. Uh, you know, on and off the ice, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was obviously an unreal relationship uh, and and a very successful relationship. But we just we were able to play, you know. And then you throw Joe Coaster in there, and they create a lot of room for uh, for Maltz and I. Let us kind of do our thing, and uh, it was uh, it was outstanding to be able to do that for as long as we did. Right. Every grindlinder has been on the uh, Red and White Authority podcast. You, <laughs> though, yeah, I think yeah, this is like episode of, or appearance number four for you. I enjoy uh, art. Uh, yeah, I do too. I mean, obviously, I do. Um, last year's draft, when we were talking in Chicago, uh, it kind of was not uneventful, but the anticipation for last year's draft compared to this year's draft is, they're not even close. Unreal. Yeah, everybody, I mean, you can just feel the yep. buzz in, in the big D. Uh, everybody's talking about this draft, and I'm kind of curious. I think you've, the, the Red Wings have been here since Tuesday. Yeah, came in Tuesday. How different is it this year as opposed to what you experienced last year in Chicago? Well, I think, I think the excitement for our organization and for our fans is because of the fact we have four picks in the top 36, mm -hmm. you know, and then obviously we have the three, uh, three third round picks. So I think that's why there's, they're, they're so excited in the, in the anticipation. Also you have, you know, you have Rasmus Dahlin, you know, generational player. Um, you know, there was good players last year, but you didn't have that generational right. player that, you know, everyone's looking forward to, to seeing his, his name announced, you know, first overall tonight, uh, then Svechnikov, I think, you know, I think the industry agrees that he solidified the number two spot. And then after that, you know, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be an interesting night to see where this, uh, to see where this goes and how this plays out. Um, but in the end, you know, we're sitting, we have pick six. Uh, will our phone ring? Probably. Uh, you know, so it's going to be an, an intriguing that way. We pick six and 30. Uh, we feel coming out of tonight, we have an opportunity, obviously at six, to get uh, a real impact player for for our organization. At thirty, we're going to get a real good player, and then we wake up tomorrow morning and we're right back at it. So right, I think right. that's why the anticipation is so high, you know, for 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 the Detroit Red Wings and de the Detroit Red Wing organization. Plus, it's a it's a very good draft. You know, there's uh, when you look at the draft, obviously we just named the the, the top two guys that I think the industry agrees on is right. going to go one two. You know, after that, you got some, you know, elite scoring wingers in the, the Zadinas, the Kachucks, the Wallstroms. You know, those guys are right in the mix. Then you look at the D that you have. Obviously, you have, you have Quinn Hughes, you have Evan Bouchard, you have Noah Dobson, you have Boquist. I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's an exciting time for all this. You have Kakanyemi, uh, the centerman, the center. probably the lone centerman in, in the top ten. 
Um, you know, so it's interesting the way it's going to go. So, I mean, for us, um, we can't control what happens from, you know, three, four, and five, and we just have to be prepared at six with, with where we're at. You know, we know some, some very good names are going to come off the board, uh, but we just went on, talked about, you know, throughout 10 names, and one of those is going to be there at six. It's and, going to be a Detroit Red Wing. It's going to be a Detroit Red Wing, correct. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it really seems that last year maybe you had a plan of where certain guys were going to fall. And I know that you guys fell down, like, I don't think, three spots last year. And you picked Michael Rasmussen, who somebody said, mm, you know. But obviously, and I can't go a Red and White Authority without mentioning Michael Rasmussen, but he's turned out to be, it looks like, a guy that, has a real legitimate chance mm -hmm. of making the club. Uh, certainly is extraordinary on the power play. Great hand-eye coordination. That draft pick appears, and I don't want to overstate it. Yeah. Appears to have worked out. Yeah. Um, and he's you know he's an amazing kid. I mm -hmm. mean he's really really mature. Occasionally you see him smile, but very rarely. Yeah. Because uh, he's so focused. But this draft, as you said, after Shvetchnikov, although a lot of people think Zadina probably. Should or may go three, but you know, we, there's may, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, so, and, and, that's what we're gonna see, that's what we wait and see. And we love Mark Bergevin, he was great in the room when he was a Red Wing, but God only knows what he's gonna do. Uh, so you have to be maybe last year you had a plan A, B, and C. Mm. It sounds like in this draft, you're gonna have to have a you know A through Z of what's gonna happen because as we as we keep alluding to, it's yeah. just, it seems to be all over the place. Yeah, well, I mean, and we can't control that, right? Right, you know. So for us, uh, you know, two scenarios are gonna play through where we sit there, you know, and, and the way we're set up, we have our list, names called, cross it off the list, you kind of keep going down, and as and as soon as we get to pick six, the guy that we have, that's our guy. Um, or the phone rings, and then we, we wait and see what, what happens. You know, that's, you know, that's a, a scenario as well. And, but the only way we're going to do that is if we feel that this is obviously very beneficial to the Detroit Red Wing organization. You know, so that's going to be, you know, we've we played out as many scenarios as possible of, of who might call, what would we do, would we move back for this, all that kind of stuff. We've... It's actually been intriguing to be able to go through all that. I mean, we've looked at the draft grid, you know, who has multiple, you know, first round picks, who has multiple second round picks, would they be a trade partner, all those kind of things. So, you know, that's really what we've been doing since we've been in here on Tuesday. We've interviewed probably about four or five more, you know, players, uh, you know, just following up with some advisors as well. Uh, you know, so that's that's the way it goes. It's, that's how it's going to play out tonight. We can't control you know, what uh, Montreal, Ottawa, and Arizona do ahead of us, and we just have to be ready at pick six, you know, to make that pick. And, and we know, uh, you know, we're getting, uh, you know, one heck of a player and one heck of a prospect for our organization. Red Wings have had a history, but uh, um, I think this more was where you were drafting in the first round than, than a philosophy uh, for the organization uh, is trading a little bit down. But the Red Wings are adamant that if you trade down, you're not falling out of that top ten. So is, is that a fair thing? If somebody comes to you and says, listen, we really like so-and-so at yeah. six, uh, it would have to be a team that has like picks seven, eight, nine, or 10, right? I mean, you, if, if, let's say if the Islanders who have 11 and 12 come yeah. to you, and you know, again, I know you probably can't say this, but it would have to be quite a deal for you to, slot out of that top yeah, 10 yeah with obviously i mean we feel 
I think the way it looks right now is, you know, picks through, you know, three through ten, it's it's everyone's going to like different players. Right. You know, that's that's really the way it goes. Um, you know, so we, we mentioned the names that are going to be in there three through ten, and, and obviously you got an opportunity to get, you know, a, a, a real high-end prospect that, uh, you know, we I think probably every organization feels is going to impact their hockey club in years to come. Um, you know, so, and, and like I said, all this stuff is, we're sitting there, this is all, you know, hypothetical, right, you know, what's right. going to happen uh, in the end, you know, it, it might go <laughs> every team one through 10 might just make those picks. You know, you have, probably have some that are outside of, of the top 10 that look and, and, and probably covet the players that we've talked about because there is that chance to have, you know, three through 10, some, some real good players. So it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. And then you mix in, you know, the, the talk of, of, of the trades, of some of the players that, uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz around. Uh, there could be some trades right. going on as well. Right. So it's, uh, I mean, it's going to make for a great night. I think, uh, you know, it's probably highly anticipated, I think, because it's a very deep draft class. But then, you know, you're throwing in some, you know, some some high-end names in the, in the National Hockey League right now that might be on the move. So we'll see. Well, I find what's interesting, I think last year at this time, some deals were already made before, uh, we got to the, uh, I, I still call it the United Center, whatever it is in Chicago these yeah. days. But uh, this year, do you think that everything, is it a domino effect? If something does begin, it's going to boom. You're going to see all kinds of action. Or do you believe that until everybody gets in a room, you get down, on everyone's at their table, and then it's really going to happen this year because it's so wide open? Well, I remember, so I think it was three years ago, I think, when the draft was in Florida. Yeah. Um, so I was in, I had to get there early cause my son Keenan was our runner. So I was down there early and all of a sudden I saw, um, it looked like there was a, a, a trade moving. It ended up being, uh, Hamilton ended up getting traded. Lucic ended up getting traded. This was before the draft even started. Right, right. And I was sitting there and I'm on the phone. I'm like, Ken, things are like, hap-. I was there early because, <laughs> and I'm like, things are happening pretty fast around here. And that was the draft, obviously, when Boston ended up having uh, the three picks in the first round right. all back to back. Um, you know, so it's amazing how things happen. When all of a sudden you get 31 general managers, they, you know, they're all kind of wheeling around Dallas right now and there's talks. And, and in the end, everyone's trying to figure out, you know, how do we make our team better and a lot of it you know for us we know it's through the draft uh, but you know there's some teams there that you know that that might not have a first round pick that want to get in the game and you know what do they do how do they trade so I think it's going to be uh, you know are things going to happen I think so right Uh, you know is it going to be exciting there's no doubt about that so you know we'll just wait and see like I said I think uh, when you put you know that many hockey people on 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 one floor. Uh, you know, and there's ideas going. I mean, we just finished our pro meetings. Uh, you know, ten days ago. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. So we'll just you know we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. But we know right now with where we're at, where the Detroit Red Wings are at. You know how important this draft is for us. If we can, uh, you know, Ken's done an unreal job at, at obviously getting so many picks. I ran into a you know a couple other you know scouts and, right. and guys that I know, and they're like, man, are you guys gonna have fun this you know tonight and tomorrow because we do have so many picks so uh for us it's it's a it's a very good opportunity to get some you know so, some players that you know are, are going to help us down the road here to, to you know to get us back to where we want to be well before we look at it maybe a few players i'll ask you about our positions uh, the one thing that i heard in the organization uh that seems as the team retools uh you know, rebuilding to me i mean the red wings have been around forever you know, and the, the, that logo is iconic. And you know, I'm a you know, I grew up in Detroit. I'm a little bit of Red Wing slappy. I'll I, I, I'll admit it, but 
you know, I look at this as that there are some pieces on the big club right now, guys that you can build around, but the three terms that I hear are trees, meaning big players, yeah. on D, dancers, meaning forwards that, much like yourself, that skate around and can create, not just go up and down their wing, and pillars, guys that are going to be leaders in the room, potential maybe captains, although I think you probably have the next captain or two uh, on the roster this year, and alternate captains. Is, is that a fair assessment that if you had to narrow it down, that's kind of where the Red Wings' focus is right now? Or is that just everybody's focus? Yeah, probably everybody's. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you have to build with what you have. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, the, the interesting thing, you know, we talk about D, but when you look at it, you know, we got, you know, Heronic's going to make a push, Chelousi's going to make a push, Sulak's going to make a push. We got three guys right there that, you know, could make a, a, a push for, for our hockey club, you know, which is which is pretty interesting, you know. So that's something, you know, and the, 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 the thing that all three of those guys can do, they can all skate. Uh, you know, I think the importance of, you know, for me watching playoff hockey for two months, it's fast, you know. And so that's what you're always looking for is guys, you know, guys that can skate. Uh, on the back end, you know, yeah, you just, if you want to get bigger, you want to get stronger, but they, they have to be able to skate. They have to, you know, have, have good mobility, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I think those are probably, you know, exactly, you know, what we're looking for. I think, you know, if we can add what we feel we're going to add to, you know, Larkin, Manfa, Double A, Tyler Bertuzzi, I think those are the four guys up front that, right. you know, we really have something to, to, to build around. I mean, that's four pretty good pieces. You know, Dylan Larkin, uh, you know, had an unreal year for us. Anthony Mantha, we feel, took a step and at, at six foot five and the way he can score, there's no reason why this kid shouldn't score 30 goals. Obviously, double A, you know, very so intriguing with, you know, the skill set that he has and the way that he could skate. And then you have Tyler Bertuzzi, just a guy that he's just greasy and he just he knows how to play the game. He's always in the right spot. We feel that this is a guy that's going to be able to create some offense and, and he plays the game the, the right way. Right. You know, he's in the hard areas. He goes to, to, to the net, to the hard areas to score goals. So, you know, right there we have those four pieces and then. You look at, you know, tonight we're going to add, you know, we feel we're going to add two real good pieces that can join that group of 22 to 24-year-olds to really start, you know, building this. And, and when we kind of get everybody going, you know, there's going to be something there for, you know, eight to 10 years where we can put together, you know, a, a, a great and a successful run for our team. When you look at uh, some of the players tonight, and there's a couple of defensemen, I want to just get a quick assessment mm -hmm. that, you know, could possibly be there at number six. We're, we're, we're assuming right now the Red Wings are going to make the, pick. make the pick, right? You're not going to trade up or you're not going to trade down, although you're open for business and you're going to be aggressive. I know that's, that's what Kenny has said, Kenny being Ken Holland. Guy that I like, and I guess just because in, you know, when we did the, uh, the four check, yeah. uh, when I brought him up or when we brought him up, he was part of the discussion you described his shot like three or four times as a weapon. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, when Chris Draper says something like that and says it more than once, I think he likes this guy, Evan Bouchard. Yeah. I mean, he seems to, he can quarterback a power play. He, you know, the things that I've read about him, and I know I've said this before, but everyone says that when it's power play time, this kid is special. Yeah. I mean, that in... Let's be honest, you know, the Red Wings really can use some help on the power play. Uh, is I, I'm sure he has more assets than that, but oh, yeah. he's he's extraordinary when he's quarterbacking a power player. Am I overstating it? No, that's, uh, 
you don't put up the numbers that he put up in OHL unless that's exactly what you can do. His, his shot is definitely, it's, it's a threat. It's an NHL shot right now. Um, you know, the, his, his release and how he gets it through, um, you know, is, is a skill set. You know, to me, um, you know, man, you go, you, you watch a game at Little Caesars Arena and it is hard to get pucks to the net. Right. And this guy, this, this kid has the hockey sense and the shot uh, to get it through. Um, so definitely his asset is, is certainly on the power play. He's six, two and a half. He's, you know, he's over 200 pounds right now. He's a solid kid. Um, he's only going to improve. You know, the one thing with him and, and the first thing he said, you know, he has to get better in his own end. You know, that's something that, you know, he's well aware of. But, you know, this is a kid that, you know, plays over half the game, over, you know, all the games. And he's on the ice in all situations. So, um, you know, real, uh, real, real intriguing prospect. You know, there's there's no doubt about that uh, with 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 what he can bring. But uh, you know, he's uh, there's things that he has to work on, no doubt. Uh, but the one thing that that you like is the uh, what he can do with the puck. Very good hockey sense, good first pass. To me, that's something that's so important. You got to be able to make that good first pass under pressure, and that's something that Bouchard can do. So he's uh, you know he's, he has hockey sense, and he certainly knows how to run a power play. And his shot is definitely a threat. I, I know that. Uh... Um, he's captain of the London Knights. Uh, not everybody can wear a C or an A. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yet that seems to be extremely important for the Red Wings. I think last year, in last year's draft, where you also had 11 picks, I believe all, virtually every guy that you drafted, I'm sure there were a couple that were not, either were wearing a C or an A. Yeah, oh, well, you definitely uh, you, you, <laughs> you love character. There's no right. doubt. Uh, you know, and uh, I think last year we did a good job at identifying character and I think this year, uh, you know, we have to do uh, an excellent job at identifying skill. Um, you know, we got some guys that uh, that we feel are going to be good character guys. You know, the glue guy, glue guys in the locker room. Uh, but for us, you know, we want to we want to improve on our on our skill. We got to get back to that the, the Detroit Red Wing uh, skill set that you know has been so intriguing for us. So, um, you know, so I think uh, you know that's kind of where we're at with uh, with that. And um, you know, I. I I played with some of the greatest leaders of all time. You right. know, I was lucky to be able to be, you know, in that dressing room going, you know, from the, the, the you know, Steve Eiserman to Nick Lidstrom to obviously our captain, Henrik Zetterberg. You're talking about, you know, all world with, with what these guys do right. on and off the ice. So, and it's, uh, you know, culture is a big thing for me. Uh, I take a lot of pride in, in what we were able to accomplish, you know, in that dressing room on and off the ice. And that's something that, you know, we want to continue. Well, uh, if, I, if, if I'm correct about this, it seemed to me in that, and I'm going to call it the legendary Red Wing locker room that I was very privileged to cover for so many years, is that if you have a group that's high character, coming together as a team is much easier, right? You can't be all over the road and expect to perform well on the ice. Oh, for sure. Locker rooms are, you know, so important. I think... Um and the wings room was pretty. You guys yeah, were pretty, we were pretty unique. Yeah, yeah, I think that that was obviously uh, you know pretty unique groups that 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 we had. You know, I mean, when you're able to to bring in a Chris Chelios, you know, in, into your locker room, <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know, unreal. But you look at the guys that you know were there for so long. Thomas Holmstrom, unbelievable. You look Kirk Malpe, Darren McCarty. You know, when I, the, one of the things I never forget is Game Six going out in Pittsburgh in 2008, and the last three guys that gave high fives were. Chris Chelios, Darren McCarty, and Aaron Downey. Like, oh, wow. when you start talking about, you know, character, and, and obviously Chelly's off the charts, you know, Hall right. of Famer, everything that he can do. But when you have, you know, a guy like Darren McCarty and, and Aaron Downey, you know, just like, you know, there for you, it's uh, 
pretty special to have those guys in your locker room. Right. Okay. I promise. I promise to everyone listening. I, I'm not going to go continue to go down memory lane because I could talk to Chris about about his teams forever. <laughs> so um, let's go back to, to, to defenseman. Noah Dobson yeah. won the Memorial Cup. Yeah. Uh, I know you said started off maybe with his playoff run a little slow, but con- increasingly got better. Yeah, Noah Dobson, uh, I, I, I was lucky to catch him early in the season, just kind of went out, made a trip down to uh, to the Maritimes and saw him. And, and the one thing, his skating stood out right away. Uh, this kid is a, an effortless skater, elite skater. Uh, he can log a lot of minutes, and, and you know what? He just he just continued to get better as the season went on. Um, you know, real real fun player to watch. Kind of did. He ended up uh, two years ago. He was playing at the Red Bull Academy out in in Austria. Wow. Uh, you know, as a 15, 16 year old kid, pretty intriguing of of how he did. Uh, you know, his his route to you know to get here t- tonight. Um, but a uh, big part of a veteran team as a 17-year-old kid that won the Memorial Cup, plays in all situations, uh, you know, so he, uh, he is uh, definitely, you know, somebody that, uh, that, that we're very high on as well. So it's, uh, you know, and, and here we are, we're talking about two right-handed defensemen, uh, you know, both guys, uh, you know, very, very good skaters. Um, Noah Dobson just seems to, 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 to do everything well and everything right. Uh- well, I guess we know what once he establishes himself in the NHL, we'll know his first endorsement deal will be Red Bull. It's kind of sounds like a natural fit for him. Uh, intriguing kid, local ties, not from Michigan, yeah. but established himself at the University of Michigan. All world. Jeff Blaschel uh, uh, had him at the World Championships where Team USA won the bronze medal. Uh, uh, Nick Jensen uh, was part of that team. Played some shifts with him on the back end. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes, but here's a guy that, again, you know, does he follow the mantra of a tree? No, but he seems to have everything else but size. Yeah, um, great interview, too. You know, he's, it's just, you just sit down with this kid and you can just talk, talk hockey with him, you know, all day long. He's just, he's a student of the game. Uh, obviously, we have, you know, very good connections up at University of Michigan. You know, they, they rave about him. Jeff Blaschel had him at the World Championships. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's not a big kid. He's under six feet, but you know, when you start talking about skaters and puck transporters, uh, you know, he's elite at that. So, um, you know, something, uh, you know, you, every time you go up and watch Quinn Hughes and, and we watched him at the development program as well. Uh, the kid has the puck, he outskates the four check, good first pass. He does a lot of things that, that obviously will translate to, to the next level at the national hockey league. So another, uh, you know, another defenseman, another intriguing defenseman, uh, and probably, if not the best skater in the draft, one of the best skaters in the draft. You know that there's always going to be detractors no matter what the Red Wings yeah. do. So let's say Quinn Hughes is no, uh, you know, you pick Quinn Hughes, you know, University of Michigan, yeah. and, you know, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe you can have like a Sedine kind of thing next year if Jack Hughes is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, really, I, I think everybody's looking at Jack Hughes, his brother, who is considered to be. At this point, the 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 first pick next yeah. year, and kind of a generational player in his own right. Although he again is not exactly uh, you know well over six feet or anything. With that said, people will say, "Well, geez, the Wings already have you know Hicketts, Ronick, uh, Sorry, Arvey, yeah. uh, Chalowski. I mean, they're not that they're small men, yeah. but they're you know they're kind yeah. of right around that six feet thing. Here's another small defenseman, but." I guess what I'm trying to say, Chris, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, is look, if 
all these guys that we just that I just mentioned are good, but Quinn Hughes is exceptional. I mean, is is it, would that be a fair assessment? If Quinn Hughes is taken by the Red Wings, it's because this kid is a pure talent. Oh yeah, I mean they're you know at uh, regardless of size. I mean because yeah. you know size, you know for years you were you've been in Detroit forever yeah. like me. You know the Red Wings need to get six foot five guys who can you know just smash everybody. That always has been the prevalent feeling. Yeah. That's not the way hockey is anymore. Yeah, you know he's. Uh, I mean when we when you start talking about skaters and and the pace of the game and how it's played, obviously Quinn Hughes is a guy that you know can can play you know, at that level because of the way that he skates. There, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, you start talking about, you know, players and you want to get bigger and you want to get bigger on the back end, but there's always exceptions to that. You know, so Quinn Hughes is obviously, a, you know, very intriguing name for us. Uh, played right at University of Michigan. So, you know, we, we understand all that. Um, and, and, you know, he had an unreal year. You know, they, uh, I think, uh, you know, they were so close to winning the national championship. Uh, you know, they went on and a great run. you know that one. feeling. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they went on, uh, you know, a great run, um, you know, and, and, and he just kept, you know, being part of a team that just found a way to win. And, and when, you can, when you can do that and you keep winning at the most important time of the year, you know, you have people that just keep watching, continue to watch, you know, game after game. And then from there, obviously, he jumped on a plane and went over the world championships and, uh, so we, we know him well. Jeff Blaschel had him. Dylan Larkin played with him. Uh, Jensen played with him. So we have a, we have a good read on, on Quinn Hughes for sure. Um, I, I could jump around, and I, I think that if a D-man is selected, I think it's going to be one of those three, and for time constraints, because I know you're very busy, I, I want to move to forwards. But there is one forward that I think is intriguing, because if you everyone says there's three players that are going to play in the NHL next year from this draft, for sure. Or okay. as Anthony Mantha would say, oh, for sure. Uh, that would be Rasmus Dahlin, Andrei Shvechnikov, and Philip Zadina. I am under the impression, again, Chris, just through my own study, and uh, is that Zadina would be a guy that if you don't go back and you, and he's not going to probably be there at six, but this kid, not only is he a pure goal scorer, he's a playmaker, hockey sense. I mean, he is the definition of of a dancer with a high intelligent two-way player. I mean, he's the complete package. There might be other guys that can score, maybe a little bit better goal scorer, but when you look at his complete game, he's NHL ready. Yeah, and he's uh, he's obviously a late birthday. Right. Uh, you know, he's a late 99. You know, he's uh, you know, he's he's definitely matured. He's 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 as uh, physically he's he's built, he's strong. Um, you know, so you factor in all those things with, you know, his hockey sense and the way that he can score goals, I think you know, if you're going to ask him, if he's sitting across from the table and you ask him, you know, what are your plans next year? He, he says he's going to play in the National Hockey League. Um, and, and, you, and you love the confidence in, in that. Uh, the one thing, you know, certainly that uh, that we saw at World Juniors, you know, he had a coming out party. Mm-hmm. You know, that was probably something, you know, that was that was really impressive, the way that he scored goals, how he scored goals, where he scored the goals, in, in all the right areas. So, you know, I saw him play, you know, multiple times early in the year in Halifax, went out, you know, on the playoff, playoff to, to watch him play again. Um, he is, he's a very, very competitive kid that just burns to score goals. You know, and that's something that uh, obviously you need at the next level. You need in the NHL. You need those guys to score goals. You need to find difference makers. And I think uh, I think the industry has you know tapped him as as one of those. Is this a fair assessment to say if the hockey gods shine on the Red Wing table tonight and he's there at six and you pick him, 
that you guys will be doing cartwheels up to the stage. <laughs> well, like I said, this comes back to Montreal <laughs> with uh, my good friend Mark Bergevin and Marty Lapointe. Uh, with uh, you know, what are they going to do? Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of something that we just have to wait and see. We're not sure. And then, you know, I mean, you might have two other teams that are thinking the same thing, and uh, in Ottawa and Arizona, that right. you know, if he doesn't go at three, you know, that they might jump on him. So, you know, in the end, we're sitting there, and you you play out all these different scenarios. Uh, the most important thing for us is to have our list right, and you know that's uh, you know and and that's basically what you know with with Tyler Wright, uh, you know we've kind of been working on that the last couple of days. I mean the, the the players haven't played, so they haven't changed you know the, our our mindset. But right. we just have to make you know just you want to make sure that your list is right, you know just for the fact that you need to be ready just in case something like that does happen, and and we will be. I am real curious about. Uh about Oliver Wallstrom, mm-hmm. I, I mean Craig Button, whom I know you know and, and, and is respected, and you know, I think he's the, the you know the authority on the draft. Uh, he keeps saying that Wallstrom is the is without question pure goal scorer, pure goal scorer, best, best yeah. one in, yeah. in the draft this year. Yeah, great interview. Um, you know when you sit there and you interview, you know I keep calling these guys kids, these you know young hockey players. Right. Uh, well, when you're was, our age, uh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, he was an impressive interview. I really enjoyed talking to Oliver Wallstrom, and you know the, the the pretty cool thing. Did you see the goal that that he scored when he was nine at the fleet? It, it was uh, at at the fleet center. You probably see it's it's a highlight sensation. Andrew has. Yeah. So I mean, get a chance to look this up. He goes down. You know, we do the shootouts at right. Little Caesars Arena. So this kid comes down. He cups it up. He does this, you know, fancy goal and all this stuff. And it's it's a YouTube sensation. And it's all over really? Wallstrom. And so anyway, so we started talking about that. And the funny thing is, he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, I use the the Draper curve to do that. And I started laughing. I said, well, the Draper curve didn't work like that for me. You know? <laughs> so this kid at nine years old, obviously, was uh, was very creative. And, you know, we asked him, like, you know what, like, how did you start doing that? He said, you know, I, 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 he saw a video of it. And he ended up just, you know what, kind of started to do it, started doing it. And here he is between games at the, the Boston, where the Boston Bruins are playing. And he did the move. And, you know, it went uh, went viral. So pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool story. Um, but when you're... I've man, I've I've watched the program play a lot, right. the development program play a lot. I've watched them play in uh, in um, at. Uh, oh my gosh! I just, Andrew just played. Yeah, it for there us. it is. Yeah, <laughs> not too bad. Hey, here he goes again. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow! I wish yeah. you could see it. Maybe yeah, better, better yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew Kristoff, our, our our fine producer, of the Red and White Authority yeah. here, uh, shooting it for Facebook yeah. Live. I, are we done with Facebook Live or? Yeah, we just did a little. Uh, like a 20-minute preview. You can catch the full interview on yeah. iTunes. Andrew is always, always wants to be on this show. So. Yeah, for, wow, appreciate that. <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you validated my story about Oliver yeah. Wallstrom. Right, right, but please yeah. just edit that last part out, all right? Yeah, but, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, uh, but, but I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to throw yeah. you off. No, that's, Wallstrom. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, this kid, he's a student of the game. Um, you know, just from talking to him, um, you know, he, he, he understands – you know, how and where to go on a power play, how to score goals, how to get open. You know, you have, it, he just has that sense to be able to do it. His release is amazing. I, I, you saw him score some goals, you know, this year, and it just, you know, it has the wow factor. You know, the way that he can shoot the puck. His release is, it's NHL ready. 
Um, you know, obviously going to school next year, going to Boston College. Right. Um, you know, but this kid, you know, same thing. You know, he's he's uh, he physically he's got you know he's got that build, and he just man when he shoots the puck, like he's he's a threat to score, especially on the power play. Um, a guy that might be a little bit under the radar, but everybody seems high on, but you don't hear much about him uh, uh, is Barrett Hayton from Sault Ste. Marie, yeah. centerman, uh, five foot eleven, so you know he's right around six feet. He's bigger than that. Is is he really okay? So that's uh, so he's he's bigger than that. Uh, you know, again, I, I guess what I'm trying to stress to Red Wing fans here is, look, center and D are where you want to go if you, you know, if you had your way. Uh, could Barrett Hayden, or is he somebody that, if you trade down from the sixth pick in the top ten, it's more realistic you would take someone like him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it all, all right, these, right. you know, scenario. I'm not tipping my hat to you on which way we're going. Art is as, as <laughs> I'm hard trying as hard though. Throw all this stuff out. <laughs> uh, you know, Barrett Hayden put together uh, obviously a great season. You know, Sioux Saint Marie Greyhounds for from the majority of you know the regular season and even going in the playoffs. You know, were you know one of the top teams in Canada. And this was a 17 year old kid playing on a veteran team. Uh, you know, that just he's his hockey sense uh, is very good. Uh, very good playmaker, knows how to score, ultra competitive. Um, you know, to me, the interesting thing is you keep watching these players and then you have an opportunity to inter- interview them. And, you know, there's it basically goes hand in hand. You know, if you like the way that the, the kid plays, you're going to sit down and enjoy the interview. And Barrett Hayden was the same way. So very, uh, you know, he's a, he seems like he's a student of the game, which a lot of these young hockey players are. Um, you know, certainly the position is very intriguing. You know, the centerman. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, for us, we're, you know, another, another thing, seen him play a lot. He played, you know, against, uh, Kitchener in, uh, in the semifinals. And, and that was, you know, we were there watching Giovanni Smith play. Right, right. So we saw a lot of Barrett Hayden, you know, at, at probably the most important time of the year. So those are the things that, you know, you always uh, are, are looking for when, when you go and watch our prospect play, where we're, we're looking for the top drafts and, you know, for, for us, you know, we get, you know, Horkoff and Cleary when they're there looking at Giovanni Smith. We have them, you know, looking at these guys as well. So uh, we have a lot of viewings, uh, you know, and, and, and really know a lot about Barrett Hayden. And, you know, this, uh, you know, very, very intriguing. You know, the position that he plays, he's a student of the game, very competitive. We love his hockey sense. You know, another one of those guys, uh, you know, that, 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 that you're talking about, uh, you know, in, you know, top 10 to 12. Uh, guy that has certainly has a pedigree and there seems to be mixed reviews on him considered actually maybe even to be the third best player for a long time when you were looking at the uh, pre-draft rankings and that's Brady Kachuk maybe because he only scored eight goals last year uh, at BU but here's a kid that has tangibles and intangibles that are off the charts yeah and we, um, you know, same, same, I mean, it's, it's almost like Groundhog Day when I right. say this, another great interview, you know, right, Brady, right. Uh, you know, and obviously very familiar with the Kachuk family. I had, you know, many, many battles with his dad, Keith, uh, you know, so, um, you, and, and obviously, you know, you look at what Matthew's doing in Calgary and, and how he made the jump right from junior hockey into the NHL and right. what he's been able to do. Uh, Brady Kachuk, uh, the eight goals, uh, you don't, you don't want to get caught up in that. You know, he's a, 
you know, he was an 18-year-old kid that, uh, you know, went in to play college hockey because he wanted to play against bigger and stronger competition. That's exactly what he did. I think uh, when you put him, you know, at uh, the, the World Juniors, when all of a sudden he started playing with Casey Middlestat, uh, he could show that he could play in uh, in a top six role and play with elite hockey players. And, you know, to me, Brady Kachuk, uh, he's just one of those guys that in a playoff series, in a seven-game playoff series, he's just not going to go away. He's just going to keep coming. He's going to be he's going to be a handful to play against. He's going to be in all the hard areas. You're always going to, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be net front. He's going to be around. He's going to be physical. He's going to go after the, after the other team's top line. So Brady Kachuk is, uh, you know, another one of those players that, that we've mentioned that, uh, you know, very intriguing for, for any team and, and certainly intriguing for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, is this a fair assessment to say, too, that you've got 6 and 30, uh, the 30th pick from Vegas mm-hmm. for the Thomas Tatar deal, uh, that, and I'm not saying which way you go. If whichever way you go, the uh, let's say the 30th pick is either either going to be a defenseman or a center based on what you do with the sixth pick. Is that is that what you would um, like to come out with, or is it at 30 is it best player available yeah, regardless of position? It's probably going to be best player available, and there's some intriguing names that that are certainly going to be there for us. But uh, you know, at 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 six, um, you know it. I don't think it'll impact 30. It might impact what we do with our early seconds okay. uh, in that situation. Okay. But, but in the end, you know, we don't want to get caught up in, in positions. Um, you know, we obviously, we know what we need. We know what we have. We know what the, the, where the Detroit Red Wings are, and, and, and we also know how to make them better. Um, you know, so in the end, it's, you just, you know, you really have to, we just want to get best players. And if you get best players and, and they play and, and they impact the Detroit Red Wings, then it turns out to be a heck of a draft. I mean, that's that's what we want to be known for coming out of this. Like, we want to have a fantastic day tonight and then, you know, rounds two through seven as well. We, we know how important this is. We know um, we're not going to make everybody happy. You know, we're, we're well aware of that, that some people are, you know, at six, well, why don't you take this guy? You know, like we we understand that at thirty. Well, why didn't you take this guy? In the end, we're going to draft the players that that we feel we know how the game's played. We know uh, wh- where our organization wants to go. Uh, we have a good game plan in, and now we have to get those players. And the amazing thing about the draft, when you look at some of these players, say they're going to go in the top. I mean, let's take out maybe you can take out one and two, but from there on in, you know, I think from three to fifteen, someone's going to be the best player. Uh, it might not be third overall, it could be 15, like right. it could be six, you know, right. for us in that mix, we want to make sure that in, you know, five, six years and everyone redoes drafts when they redo the draft that, you know, the sixth pick that, that we get is one of those guys that, you know, might be the third best player in the draft. Like that's, that's what we want. And, and we feel with, with who's available that we have the opportunity to do that at 30, you know, why can't the 30th pick be in a top 15 when all of a sudden we've seen it happen? you know, when they start redoing drafts. So, you know, for us, that's, that's what we want to do. And then when you get into the, you know, to on the Saturday, mm-hmm. you know that there's going to be a third, fourth, fifth rounder that all of a sudden, just for whatever reason, turns out to be, you know, a heck of a hockey player. You right. know, and that's those like are, Joe Pavalski or something. You know, yeah, Jamie Ben that played right, here. Right, right, right. Jamie Ben, right. The amazing thing about Jamie Ben, he was a fifth round pick. Dallas had three fifth round picks. They used the third fifth round pick to get him wasn't the first fifth right right you know so that's the amazing thing it happens 
you know, and for us, I, obviously we've done a great job. You know, Pavinzi, you look at that. Right. Jonathan Erickson, we talked about that. Johan Franz, and I mean, we've done it in the past, and we have to do it. We have to do it, you know, tonight, and we certainly have to do it tomorrow. And we have uh, all hands on deck to make sure that this is a very successful draft for us. Last year, people didn't like our draft. Now we're talking about Rasmussen might be on our team next year. So right. <laughs> might be a pretty good pick after all. You right. Know? So right. we want, you know, when all of a sudden you look back, it's hard. These kids are 17 and 18 years old, you know. But in the end, there's a body of work that they've done. It's short, but they've established themselves to put themselves in this situation. And in the end, what we want, we want guys that, you know, burn for the game. Dylan Larkin, if you redo the draft, where do you think he ends up going? He's not 15th. Exactly. You know, and there's the why he's an elite skater, but in the end, he loves the game of hockey. So he found a way to get better, and he continues to find a way to get better. And that's what we want. We want, we want passionate hockey players that find ways to get better. And in the end, if we get enough of those guys, we're going to get the Detroit Red Wings back to where we want to be. Uh, last year, the scuttlebutt was going into Chicago. Well, they have 11 draft picks, they, of course, being the Red Wings. They're not going to keep all 11. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try one more time. You have 11 this year. Should yeah. Red Wing fans expect 11 new potential <laughs> Red Wings uh, and when uh, the seventh round is over on Saturday afternoon here in Dallas? I've read uh, – I enjoy reading up on, on you know the best of the best. Right. And when you talk about uh, the New England Patriots – Obviously, they are, they have something going on, right. and the one thing that they always seem to do is they try to accumulate picks. Right, and you know that's the one thing that that I've read up on. Ken Holland is obviously a, a big believer in that. You know, so you know we're excited about tonight because we have two first round picks. We're excited about tomorrow because we're going in and we have two early second round picks, and then from there in the third round we have three third round picks. So, right. you know. The more picks you get, the more players that you get, the better chance some of these guys are are, are, are going to hit. So are we going to use all 11 picks? I mean, the plan is right now, as, as we, uh, you know, we're hours away from, from cruising over to, to Dallas for, for the draft. Yeah, we are. But the, we also realize that there's, you know, situations and phone calls come that, you know, might be able to, to better us and better our team. And if that's the case... As a staff, it's something that we will certainly consider. But in the end, this is very important for our organization, and it's a very good draft. And we just have to we, we, we want to hit, we need to hit, and I think we have to hit. And we want this to be uh, you know a draft that you know people start talking about you know the 2018 draft of, of how it impacted the Red Wings for years to come. Chris, only a few more questions, I promise. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <A> scary line. <laughs> but I, and I probably should have asked this uh, earlier because people come up to me and say, "What's a late birth year? We, okay. How does it? How does that yeah. work out? What, yeah. what, what exactly are you saying?" There? So this year, it's uh, so the kids that were born September fifteenth, ninety nine, and after. Okay. So that's what it is. So this year, we can draft two thousand birth years to September fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a 2000, you're born in September 16th, you're next year's draft. Okay. So that's the cutoff. Okay. So yeah. when you say that he's a late birth year, yeah. you, uh, are, you mean that he's an older player? Yeah. He's a 99. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There, so this year coming in, and actually, Zadina's a late, he's a 99. Kachuk's a late, he's a 99. Um,. Uh, Bouchard late. 99. So they were born so, after September fifteenth, ninety nine. Yes, yeah. So those are the late. Uh, they're the, those are the late birth year kids that uh, that we're talking about. Um, Dan Balsma just named yep. an assistant coach. Uh, your thoughts on 
uh, I'm bringing in. I know Blash was looking for a guy with uh, not only NHL experience, and he's been a head coach. He's won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, we don't much, want to talk yeah, about we, that. Yeah, we're, yeah. I, I'm surprised yeah. the Red Wings hired him. No, uh, all kidding aside, but uh, but Blash stressed on, on, on the Red and White 40, I want somebody who wants to not only want the job, but wants the job in October, November, you know, through yeah. April. I mean, somebody yeah. who's really focused on the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. I, you know what, obviously, uh, Blash uh, worked with him at the World Championships. I mean, you know, probably put in about five, six weeks with them. Uh, they obviously created a, a pretty good relationship, and, and Blash would obviously have a lot of respect for uh, for what he's done as a head coach in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, certainly on the resume, he's, he's a head coach. He's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, so I think, uh, you know, Blash wants to bring someone in that's, you know, going to challenge him day in and day out to make him better and if if that's the case it's going to make our team better so I think um you know any chance you get an opportunity to hire a former coach as an assistant coach I think uh, I think it's a great hire so I don't really you know I don't really know Dan right uh, just from playing against his teams obviously uh you know 09 is especially um but he's uh you know he's he's had he's had success and he's created a, a good relationship with with Jeff Blaschel, and you know that's why he's coming on to, to the Detroit Red Wings. So I think uh, I think it's a very good hire, and um, you know it's something that uh, you know uh, Blash feels good about it, and uh, you know so I think any like I said, you get a former head coach that can come in and, and wants to be an assistant coach, uh, then it's something that's going to benefit our hockey club. Uh, last question, and I do mean this. Um... You came within a game of winning the national championship for Little Caesars with your son Keenan. <laughs> yeah. I know you love, and I know you're completely focused on your Red Wing job, and you love being the assistant to Ken Holland. You travel all over the world to see players. Well, but is coaching in your blood? I mean, is there going to come a time where you have to decide, do I want to be an administrator or do I want to be a coach at the National Hockey League level? Yeah, well, coaching uh, the O2s at the national championship uh, game is a little different than we just talked about uh, Jeff and Dan and what they do. Um, you know, for me, it's it's something I I, I, I really enjoy this group. You know, it's right. uh, I've had a lot of these you know these kids since they were nine years old. Um, you know, the through kind of the what we've done with two assistant coaches, uh, Craig Rail and Paul Moretz. You know, that we have seven kids that have full full scholarships. Uh, you know, something that obviously we're very proud of. Right. Uh, I think we had seven seven players drafted to the USHL, six players drafted to the OHL. Um, you know, so all these things are, it, it's it's so fun to watch these, you know, these young hockey players at nine turn into, you know, real good hockey players at 16 years old. So uh, we had a, a real tough, tough loss. Uh, we lost to the Junior Sabres uh, 2-1. In the Questionable officiating. Just let me say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We won't go down. Yeah, that I, know, road. yeah I know. I know. I don't want to get yeah. you all fired up yeah. again. So, um, you know, but uh, but in the end, you know, real super proud of this group, and and these guys are are going to go into. They're going to play U16 next year. Um, I think we have uh, as good a team in the country as anyone. Um, you know, and and the, and the other thing is is. What an amazing place that these young hockey players get to grow up in at mm -hmm. uh, Little Caesars Arena and the Belfort Training Center. It's it's amazing, um, you know, the vision that Mr. and Mrs. Illich had and Chris Illich had about, you know, building a practice rink and... Uh, yeah, having two rinks in a big Caesars building is... Is, is amazing, uh, you know, to be able to do that. So, um, 
you know, it's uh, from my my thing from top to bottom. I want Little Caesars to be the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the best AAA program. Uh, you know, we have Brian Rolston involved involved in it. Obviously, uh, you know myself. Kirk Mulpey's coming over. He's got the O nines. Oh, really? In. Yeah, yeah. Or excuse me, O eight. Sorry, Kirk. O okay. eight. Right. Uh, Kirk Mulpey's uh, gonna. His son's coming over to play in the O eights. Uh, Chris Osgood has Max is a, a an eleven. Really? Uh, so we're I'm on a full court press to to get him into to Little Caesars. Jimmy Howard's son uh, is an eleven as well. So Trevor Daly's son is coming over to play for the O nines. Uh, you know, so these uh, it's 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 unreal. You know, to be able to have you know these uh, these kids. You know, to to be able to come in and it's man. You know, they see where their dad skates and they get to practice. You know, right there. Pretty it, like I said, it's the best best in the in the world for me. Well, now the final question for sure, uh, that I know the competition is fierce across the country, but the competition for players in Metro Detroit yeah. is incredible. I mean, yeah. it has to be, if not the best talent pool in the country, or as far as teams that yeah. kids can go to, because I know they come from all over, yeah. but I mean, it's extraordinary what uh, Metropolitan Detroit is as far as youth hockey. Oh, for sure. They, um, you know, there's, there's kids from all, all over the U.S. and actually in, in Europe that want to, that want to come over and play, uh, you know, in, in Michigan. And obviously I'm very biased of, of Little Caesars, you know, for, for them to come over. So I think when you put together, you know, great coaching staffs and you put together, you know, great people. Darren Elliott does a fantastic job with Little Caesars. Andrew Stewart as well with Little Caesars. If you have those, you know, <coughs> great, great people, and then there's it's just a trickle-down effect. And like I said, from the coaching, when you look at, you know, Brian Rolson to Chris Draper to – Patrick Stefan to Brian, Brian Smolinski. You know, you have Maltby's son coming in. We're hoping to get Jimmy Howard's son. You have Trevor Daly's son coming in. Chris Oz. I mean, we're just putting in, you know, obviously some, you know, some great people. And if you have great people, you're going to attract, you know, great families and good young hockey players. And, and in, in the end, you know, that's, you know, for me, you know, so biased towards, yeah, Little Caesars AAA, that, that baby blue and orange. It just stands out. It just pops right, at you. It does. And, and very proud to to what we've done. So, and then even on the girls' side with Manon Rayon, with with what she's been able to accomplish. So, um, you know, the amazing thing, you know, Monday to Friday, we have four teams at skate at Belfort. It's going to be the U sixteen, U fifteen, U fourteen boys, and the U nineteen girls are going to be there as well. That uh, and then on the weekends, you know, we we try to get as many Little Caesars teams through there. So it's amazing what um, you know what what is there for for these young players. And you know, I've walked. We walked our you know people through, and they get to to see what we have to offer with the dressing rooms that we have to offer. You go upstairs, you have you know you have a full video room, uh, you have tutor rooms, you have a workout room, you have a full parents lounge. There's just nothing like it, you know. So uh, you know I'm 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 obviously very fortunate. I get I have the best of both worlds. Right. I get to work with the Detroit Red Wings and 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 do what I do in the excitement of the draft. And in the end, I get an opportunity to impact, you know, some to, to give back to the game at the amateur level. And that's something that uh, I'm certainly proud of. And, uh, uh, you know, the goal is, I, you know, one more one more kick at it to win a national championship next year with uh, with the U16. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Chris Draper, I, I guess I, I could a- obviously go on because just let me say from being at the Belfort Center and working down at Little Caesars Arena every single day, the thing that I... It is impressive. Years ago, Mark and Marty Howe played from the Detroit Junior Red Wings. They were, but this is really the Junior Red Wings. I mean, they almost yeah. have everything that every amenity that the that the Red Wings have. Yeah, it's uh, 
actually, we have one thing that the, the Red Wings don't have, and it's a shooting room. And it was uh, it was probably early in the season, and and uh, you know Dylan Larkin was in a little bit of a little bit of a slump, and he asked me, he goes like, "Do you guys have a, a shooting room over at Little Caesars?" And I walked him over, and I sh- I showed it to him, and next thing you know, I mean, he's over there daily, you know, shooting pucks, uh, and probably one of the coolest things that happened. I got they Wings were on a road trip, they came back, I think they had a day off, and I got a text from Larks, and he wanted to know if you know, if, if the O2s were skating tonight, and I said, yes, and he goes, is it okay if I, you know, jump on the ice, and uh, sure enough, he comes over, gets dressed, comes on the ice, and practices with these kids for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes, like, wow. le- legit doing the drills, you know, getting up and down the ice, doing the drills, he probably skated with us about three times this year, uh, Jeff Blaschel, you know, you're there, you know, on a, on a practice day, you know, I, I get that, you know, Blash, can you just, you know, come over and talk to you know, talk to the O2s and whatever, and Blash just kind of sits there and talks about it, you know, so it's, it's just, it's unique of the, of the relationship that these Little Caesars teams have, and with, with the Detroit Red Wings, and, uh, you know, it's, the cool thing is, is that on a Saturday, the Wings might practice in the morning, Little Caesars will have a game afterwards, and, and the wives room overlooks the, the practice rink, and you can see like four or five guys sitting up there watching, you know, the, the youth hockey game, so it's, and like I said, it's 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 very special. Uh, but the the probably what makes it so special is the relationship that these Red Wing players, you know, have for uh, have for Little Caesars. And pro- I don't know if I should mention this, but I'm going to. Dylan Larkin even said, being a Bell, Bell Tire kid, oh. growing up playing Bell Tire, he even said, he goes, you know, I might I I would have considered playing for Little Caesars with this facility. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so I got it was uh, you know so with something like that it's pretty special to be able to do that stuff. Well, I want to say a connection to another team because just because my my, my wife and Tom Anastas is a really good friend of mine, Honeybait. Yeah. I just want to say Honeybait. Why? <laughs> just because I feel compelled to. Huh? <laughs> no, no. This is uh, you got to delete that. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> anyway, Chris. Uh, all kidding aside, thank you for doing this. I cannot thank you enough. I know you're really busy. We're here in Dallas, uh, and, and we will cut out the honey bake thing. I, I, whoops, I said it again. <laughs> Chris, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks very much. I know you're very, very busy. Um, I like to... Uh, uh, I can't... You know, I've known you for so long, and the passion and intensity and drive that you had as a player which was exceptional you made yourself the very very best is how you approach your job with the red wings which tells me the red wings are in good hands thank you very very much